The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to this playoff edition of Red Side of the Trent. I'm your host, Adam Wicklow. I'm joined by Christian Brown, who has taken the punditry hot seat this time round, and Reese Lane. Unfortunately, no Lee Clark, as he is in Bognor Reaches, refereeing tournaments or some sort of nonsense. No forest talk for him, but we will catch up with his uh, slept on it thoughts. If you don't follow him on Twitter, I'll definitely read them out. Uh, yesterday was the first leg of the playoffs uh, against Sheffield United at Bramall Lane along with two mighty Steve Hodges yeses following his probably massive yes of selling his Maradona shirt earlier in the in the week. Uh, Forrest ramped to a 2-1 victory over the old foe Sheffield United. Um, I'm going to start with you, Christian. Uh, the team news was leaked on the Friday from a, a young journalist who got told that he his career would be ended if Keenan Davis was not on the bench at least. Um, Thankfully, his career has not ended. Uh, the young Trent Hudson on uh, on Twitter, if you don't follow him. Uh, was you pleasantly surprised by that news? Yes and no. I mean, on the last pod we did, I did say that I thought, in terms of timescale, it looked like Davis was coming to the end of his... Like, you know, a grade one hamstring injury is about three weeks. So you don't need to be a medical expert to know that it'd been three weeks since the Luton game. He's obviously been nursed through the last two in case we needed him. Obviously, there were rumours on social media that Davis was doing a fitness test on the day of the Bournemouth game as well, just in case he was needed. And obviously, he fell short that time, but it's just he was basically ahead of schedule. So it was nice that he was there. And I don't know if Sheffield United would have prepared for that or not because he does offer us just a completely different dimension going forward. And I think we played it so well as well, giving him 15 minutes at the end of the game just to like, you know, get some minutes back into his leg against a tired back line as well. And really, he was a bit unlucky not to get an assist towards the end of the game. So, you know, very, very big positive to have him back in the squad. Definitely. Um, I want to talk about the atmosphere leading up to the game and how, how people focus. Obviously, it's such a nerve-wracking time for both supporters. Um, obviously, you didn't get to go to the game like myself, Christian. How, how was you feeling before the game, before we let Reese uh, step in and I let him answer as well? surprisingly calm I, I, like I said I, I suppose like like I said before like I've already resigned ourselves to losing in the playoffs it's Forest in the playoffs like so if you go in with like expect the worst attitude and anything better than the worst it's like oh great so um no like I think when you take out all the this thing in emotion from the Bournemouth game and the way the season sort of petered out it was a bit like well hang on look like, it's put everything into context look where Forest were when Cooper first came in look where we are now we shouldn't be treating this as do or die. It should be like, look, we've got to the playoffs. Let's just make the most of it. Rather than in previous times where we've got into it, it's like it's always been like, we need to do this. We need to do this. Whereas now it's like, 
even if we don't, like we're in good hands next season. Okay, we'll have a rebuild, but we'll still have one of the best managers, if not the best manager in the league, to get us out of it. <clears throat> so I think it's just a case of just like with that sort of pressure off, it's just a bit, it's nice and calm, really. I mean, I won't be saying that come Tuesday, but because obviously now we've got something hold of, it's a bit like, ah, oh, shit, now I don't want to let it go. So, but yeah, I was surprisingly, surprisingly calm. Obviously, as the game was going on, some stress levels were rising, as you can imagine, but up up until about team news, I was pretty, pretty chill. Yeah, Reese, you were one of the lucky 3,000 odd that got to travel to Sheffield. Uh, how was the atmosphere? How was the build-up? Was was there a lot of tensions in the pubs around? Um, no, I, the, the atmosphere um, pre-game was brilliant. I, I re- really enjoyed the day and, you know, the fans before the game, I think like there was like three pubs really. I think most of us was in and, yeah, there were no problems at all. Everyone seemed up for it and... Um, yeah, ready. Obviously, ready for the game to start. Um, no problems at all until we had to uh, deal, as I just ranted before this podcast, with their um, shoddy police operations. But um, that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, I, I I ended up going to my friends to watch the game, and it was a we had a bit of a barbecue and a few beers because the sun was was beaming in Nottingham, and it kind of felt like the Euros with England almost again. I I, I felt pretty calm about it to be fair because I thought we're in this position on merit um, I, I thought I know we, we we didn't play that great in the last three games as, it, as you would like to say I know I know we wouldn't we uh, battered Swansea obviously lost to Bournemouth and, and everyone was obviously saying that our confidence might be a bit low because of the Bournemouth game and not getting automatics but we bloody turned up didn't we Christian Indeed, and like, to be honest, I think having that game against Hull will probably prove to be a bit of a blessing, because I mean, if you look at, like, I know obviously it's two leagues lower, but uh, Mansfield and Northampton, obviously Northampton were cruelly denied for the last day of the season, the last seconds when Bristol Rovers scored seven, and obviously Mental. for the first half, they were completely all at sea. Like, they, just, you know, it was like they didn't want to be there, it was like, you know, complete down-to-earth realisation that they still had at least three games to get through before they got promoted, whereas we sort of got that out of the system with the whole game. So it sort of felt like going into Sheffield United, like, you know what, clean slate. Like we've won what eight out of our last ten or whatever it is before going into this point. You know, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Don't worry about the last two games. So I think having that game was very important in hindsight. And yeah, we honestly, like before Johnson scored um, second goal, we could have been four or five and up by that point. We absolutely ripped them to pieces. Yeah, we'll definitely get into to some of those. Uh, so. Uh, first 10 minutes, I mean, Sheffield United, obviously, as we all expected to come at us, uh, kind of pumped balls into the box. Um, would you say, what would you say about the small penalty claim there, Reese uh, Garner on Sander Berg? Um, from, from watching on the telly, I just thought it was just a kind of coming together. Berg was nowhere near the ball. Referee, I thought Mariner was, was pretty spot on there. What would you say? I watched the highlights last night and unfortunately that one's on it, so I've not actually seen that back. Um, I don't I, know if, if Christian can come in, yeah. Yeah, I can. Um, I thought Berg was on his way down before he went into Ghana. Like, it was like he, like he it was almost like he slipped as he was running and he sort of just saw that opportunity and ran into Ghana and obviously that took Ghana with him and it sort of looked like it had been a bit of a tussle. It was quite clever play from Berg, really, but 
it was something that the referee thankfully saw straight through. I mean, on another day with another official going by our track record this season, it might have been given. But realistically, with if you implemented VAR, if you implemented like a strong referee like we have on this occasion, they see straight through it. It's not a penalty. Yeah, well, I mean, VAR got taken away for the semi-final and it's obviously going to be in the final, but we'll, we'll, we don't need, really need to talk about it. But Reese, then let's talk about the first goal, kind of our first attack on, on, on the Sheffield United. And yeah, not a bad result from that. <laughs> Yeah, I think the third, the opening start of the game pretty much summed up really the how the game went. They start very quick, Sheffield United. We soaked it up, and then on the counter, we absolutely caused hell all game long, and they could not deal with it. Um, and that goal, Zinchenko should score. Um, you know, Fodringham, you know, probably kept them in the game at times. Really, with some saves you made, and you know. The romance of football, eh? Ben Osborne slipping over, so Jack <laughs> Colback. And, um, and to be fair, that you know that is easy to do what Zinkenagel did and hit it straight to the keeper. So for him to go high, I mean, at the time when he did go high, I thought he put it over. And then obviously to see it hit the roof of the net was brilliant. I didn't even, even know who scored from the away end. So I, I thought it was Garner who scored until I think someone had got the phone out and said, actually, it was Colback. So... Yeah, brilliant, brilliant start again. That that just took, I think that just took the sting out of them a little bit. Um, and you know, I'm sure as we come on to, we could have gone in at half time, literally to tie home and hose. So, you know, it's one of them, it's all in hindsight. And before the game, if you'd have said, Oh, you've been one and up at half time, you've been like fucking brilliant. And and then when it did come around, he was like he was a bit downbeat about it because it, it honestly could have been more. Yeah, I know we was good on the counter-attack all day, but I mean, I thought that goal was pretty well worked. I mean, uh, Worrell skips past Fleck after slipping over brilliantly. Nice little ball in behind Surridge. I mean, he gets pushed over by Basham at the, at the byline. If it, if it, if if nothing comes of the chance, it's a penalty because Basham gets, puts two hands on him. It's absolutely comical. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, that uh, kind of one where you think, is Osborne going to do something against us? Actually does something for us um, and slipping over. Uh, great finish, but yeah, let's get on to those chances. I mean, I don't know where to bloody start, Christian, because there was that many. I mean, I think, I think Surridge, may, I think Surridge maybe has the first one. Uh, Spence comes in field, plays it to Zinkenago, great ball back. Uh, I think Spence kind of takes the ball off Johnson's foot, and it forces Surridge. And, and I, I expect him to do better with that chance, personally, Christian. Would you? Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like I've sort of jinxed him now. Like I said on that pod a few <laughs> weeks ago, where I said that I just assume it's in the back of the net when it comes to Surridge. Although, um, yeah, he probably should have done a little bit better there. Although I will say that Surridge's performance yesterday was exceptional, absolutely exceptional. Like. He just looked such a good player in transition. Like, I mean, we'll probably get onto it at some point. The chance that um, Johnson has, for example, just flashed by the post. The way Surridge nutmegs his man and just pings a ball on the outside of his boot through to him was just immense. Obviously, the way he cleared the ball off the line as well from the corner, which was really the only pieces we looked semi-vulnerable was from set pieces, weirdly. But um, Surridge is well-placed to deal with that. And obviously, he's a part in the first goal as well, which, like you said, had he not, like the ball not going back on net, we likely get a penalty for it. So I thought he was, I can allow him that miss very much so because I thought he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. And like, that's the sort of, that's what you want to see really because obviously Davis has come back, as we mentioned earlier. And so his place is immediately under threat and he puts in performance like that. I mean, no fair play to the guy that tops off effort and unlucky not to score. Yeah, I thought Surridge was a lot better than he was against Bournemouth. I think against Bournemouth, he kind of tried to play with his back to goal 
against Nat Phillips and, and Lloyd Kelly and they just kept bullying him. And I think in this game, he realised he can't really do that against John Egan and, and Robinson and Basham. And I think he got in and, and looked to lay the ball off very quickly and just spin in really. And I think that just worked wonders to us because it made them have to chase chase back towards their own goal a lot because we were just laying the ball off and just popping it into space for players to run onto. And it was brilliant. Um, another chance, Reese, that we got, I think uh, you got to say... The, the it was kind of a double ch- chance and Fodder made two great saves one from from Surridge where you think he's going to score and then Johnson's follow up header and it's a, it's a brilliant save from him as you said he probably kept him in it and then like like I said you know you bringing it all back now there's just there's just so many chances in that first half it was literally crazy it, honestly we could have gone in three four nil up at half time and. I don't think there no one could turn around and be like it's not deserved because the chances were there. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder because I'm sure you're going to talk about other chances in a minute. Um, but yeah, another another great chance and it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, my mate, the magnet missed the glorious one, didn't he? I know. I mean, that combo wanted Garner and Yates. You know, to be fair, Garner's delivery yesterday wasn't as good as it usually is. Um, his corners weren't the best. Um, and that probably was the one delivery, what is typical Jimmy Garner. And Yates again in there, and it was a free header. Um, and he made a good contact on it, to be fair. He got the... And just to see the wide of the pose was unfortunate. But, you know, from how he has been doing with his headers, Yates, he'll be disappointed in score there. And that, that was another... And Fodderingham, you know, if they nudged that inside the far post, Fodderingham wouldn't have moved. You know, he didn't move um, and it only just went past the post. So, yeah, another another massive chance. Yeah, definitely. Do the, the, Christian, I want to talk about the chance that you said where Johnson flashes the ball slightly wide. Uh, I know Zinconagel, he, he's, he's one of these, and he's like a bit of a flash in the pan where he's like, picks up really good spots, but then sometimes doesn't release the ball or whatever. But he battled really hard on that, on that touchline before Surridge feeds... Uh, Johnson, the ball. Um, I mean, that's inches, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean you're right to highlight Zinkenegel's work as well. Because, I mean, to be fair, one thing that's never been in question is the fact that it is his work rate and application. I mean, he always does Harry back. I mean, obviously, you expect it from a footballer, but like for someone in his position as well, where it's sort of like granted more of as a luxury role, a luxury player sort of thing, he does get stuck in, he does like do all the like the muck and net all sort of side. And that's why, because like, you know, as we saw against the Fulham game as well, there's no such thing as a lost cause in football. If you chase and harry enough, you'll luck you get something. And the way he worked back to try and win the ball by the halfway line was really, really good. And I've, I've, with Johnson, I've just felt a bit unlucky for him. Like it was, we've seen him score from that angle before. It was, a, yeah, it was like I said, millimeters really. I mean, there was, there is the claim that he could have maybe squared it, but I think that player is pretty covered. Like I think either he pulls it across and the player lines up to shoot. That Sheffield United players already sliding in to get a block across, so I don't think it leads to anything either way. But so I think he was right to take the shot on, right to try and gamble, and I was just very unlucky. It was just inches past following the um, far post. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so one nil at half time. I think <laughs> I don't think I've seen as have as many chances as we did. Like, obviously, the Swansea game was was ridiculous. Um, as we spoke about on this podcast, but. You'd have snapped, snapped everyone's hand off for 1-0 at half-time at Bramwell Lane. Second half, obviously, Sheffield United come out, a lot of pressure, Reese. Uh, what was it like in the in the stands there? Was you feeling... I felt I felt quite comfortable, actually, because I didn't think 
they, they really created that much, really. No, they didn't. It was just more of a case of the ball was in and around our box and there was times when we were just lumping it clear and we had no one up front. So they were just getting the ball back and recycling it. Um, and there was a, you know, quite a bit of a period, wasn't there, really, where it was just kept coming back. And obviously it's natural to think like, you know, goals coming here. Um, but like you say, Adam, they were, you know, when they did get it on the edge of the box, it was very side to side. I know Burge was looking quite a lot of the time to try and thread a ball through and it just couldn't really seem to get through that that great wall of Nottingham at the back. So, um, yeah, you know, they had that pressure and I, I thought that was another type of game it was. And for it, it suited Forrest because, like I said in the, the first comment, once Forrest got on the counter against them, they was all over the place at the back. And there was like... You know, we had like Surridge, Surridge and Johnson and Zink going forward. And it was as if like they had like two at the back. And, you know, Robinson at the, Osborne got murdered, as did Robinson. Yeah, Robinson toward the last 10 minutes was blowing out his backside. He just gave up running after Brennan Johnson because <laughs> cause it was a hot day as well. It must have been very hot pitch side. Yeah. Now, I bet, I bet it was into the 20s. And, uh, you just you must think to yourself as a footballer, I'm not going to catch up with him. What is kind of the point, really, running back? And but yeah, we soak that pressure up, and you know, as I'm sure we're going to come on to that. What a perfect time to get that second goal. That just again took the wind out of their sails. Yeah, before before we get into that, the the one chance I do think they they kind of had, and, and the, the worry they got against us was. When they slid balls down the side of us, and it, and, I, and it was weird because they just kept crossing the ball into the air to Morgan Gibbs White and then Jar, yeah. and, it, and it's like meat and drink for our back three. But the one yeah. chance I think they did rue is the one that fell to Basham, which is where you're like, well, that's not a bad play for him to fall to first because he's not a striker. But what a block by by Steve Cook! He's, he's a man mounted that bloke. Um, I think they had that bird chance as well, didn't he? Where he slammed the tape quite far over. That was yeah, probably the only one ball they got in. It was such a difficult one to take because if when you yeah. obviously watch it in real time and you're in the ground, you probably think that's a half chance. But actually, on on Sky, it's kind of he has to dig it mm. from behind him. Really, well, so. I mean, just like on him, Burge. You know, when Sheffield signed him, he was one of the most talked about, promising centre mids in Europe. You know, there was some big clubs after him. So for Sheffield to get him was a bit of a coup. Mm. You know, I think they paid like 20 odd million for him. Yeah, 25, you know, and he's now, I think. Now, <laughs> and he's now in the championship. You know, this is this is a type of players who you're playing against and have to deal with. So for Forrest to shut them out for, you know, however long we did was brilliant. And like you just said, Adam, they kept crossing it into... Gibbs White and then die, they were never going to win anything in the air. It was yeah. always going to be along the floor of them getting in front of our defenders as the first one. And I don't think they did that at any stage in the game at all. No. I think that's why I like our, how, how we approach our attack. It's always balls that are pulled back to the penalty spot or along the floor because you, you get it's it's more of an even playing field then, isn't it? It's more about your positioning. But let's go on to that counter-attack. Obviously, Joe Lolly makes an appearance, uh, Christian, and why does he? I mean, he's not he's not had the best of seasons. He's not been the same Joe Lolly as we had under I or Cranker, but blimey, he's a, yeah, had an impact for that second one, didn't he? It was like um, it was like watching like one of those like end of year videos from like a few years ago. You watched Lolly then. I mean, like um, it was great to see. It really was like 
it was. I mean, that that's the benefit of winning the ball high up the pitch as well. Because you win the ball high up the pitch, you're closer to their goal, and there's less players in your way. So that's why like teams do press, and we worked it so well. I mean, it, it, it's poor. I think it was Egan, wasn't it, who sort of lost the ball. I mean, he had that's a anyway. Basham, sorry, um, but you know, they, they didn't really strike me as that like sound all game really and Lolly just pounced on him and like he's like he just channeled that extra little bit of pace that you might have had a few years ago and he's managed to dart through and he's unlucky not to get the assist really but um because it obviously came off another Sheffield United player but um no Johnson's finish was so composed like he's got a man running at him he's got a keeper staring in his face he just like calmly picks his spot and just rattles it top corner like and obviously like get the bow and arrow again so David Johnson going nuts in the stands like it was yeah it was really nice and I, I think it's nice again for Lolly because Obviously, realistically, I think regardless of what League Forest will be in next season, you'd expect Lolly will probably be moved on. So it's, yeah, it was good to see like there's still like life in the old dog yet, sort of thing. I mean, what are the chances of two Johnsons that happen to be related to each other scoring a semi final at Bramwell Lane? Eh? Um, <laughs> Reese, what were, what were the limbs like? Did, did anyone nearly die or out from that top tier? Yeah, it, it was a great away end yesterday, you know. I'm, I'm, like I say, it's just a great, you know, it's always good to say that when you've won in a massive game, but it was just a brilliant away end. The atmosphere was superb. You know, like I said before, the game was excellent. Everyone was in a really, really good mood. No problems from our fans. Um, yeah. You know, I was a bit, I don't know whether it was different on the telly, but I thought Sheffield United fans weren't the best personally, but, you know, Cooper said they was pretty decent. So, you know, um it was disappointing really to see it one all all sold out and with five or ten minutes to go, loads of their fans are streaming out the ground. It's like, come on, this is a two-legged tie. Even if we're two-nil up, if if it ended two-nil yesterday, you're still in the tie, you know, mm. and then they've missed a goal, what's got them back in the tie? I just find that very strange. Um, but yeah, the atmosphere, like I said, was superb. And yeah, that second goal, it was just um yeah, they're, they're the mo- like I think Lee mentioned into the week. They're the moments what you're a football fan for, and yeah. like Chris, like Christian just said, that was a brilliant finish from Johnson because he, you know, we because he's like a flair player. You know, they're a bit lightweight at times. He could have easily kind of shit out kind of that chance because their player was coming in and for him to just compose himself and like Chris said, put it right in the top corner, pretty much. You know, Fodringham yeah. didn't really move and. Yeah, brilliant finish. And he deserved that because he was excellent yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to touch on uh, what I think is absolutely hilarious. The club obviously released the statement about pyrotechnics after Brennan Johnson's picked up a flare last week, up last week. And Steve Cook has picked the flare up and used it as a cigar and then had to come and apologise straight after the game, which is absolutely <laughs> quality. Um what do you make of that? <laughs> um, them statements, let's be honest, they're just you know, bollocks, gob- aren't they? Gob- yeah, gobbledygook, <laughs> aren't they? But they're just put out just to, you know, as kind of an exercise. Or we've, well, we've done something about it. We've done something about it as a club. We've put a statement out. We've put one of the key players of the squad's name to it. What more can we do? It's then, if Forest fans want to take pyros, it's up to Sheffield United's stewarding or whatever to stop same, same Forest home, fans. Isn't it, as yeah, well. of course yeah. Yeah. To, is, yeah. to stop them getting in the ground. And to be honest, what what why is this why is a steward who's on minimum wage maybe going to be so arsed about searching 
someone who's got a pyro. It's just they can't. I mean, and and then you because then you get angry supporters like it's taking ages to get into the ground as we saw at Hull, you know, and it's just a PR exercise into that and you know I can't because you got lost in the moment yesterday I, can't, I forgot their fans was in the lower because from the upper you can't see the lower so you kind of forgot unless you're in the corner I was like right behind the goal so I kind of forgot their fans was in the the lower tier um, so obviously went to see him do that and yeah, <laughs> I did get out, I did get out of ball with him too, didn't he? So, um, yeah, he's, he's looks to be enjoying his time in Nottingham. And I see now, obviously, that little snippet on um, on Twitter of their fans turning to f off numerous times. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, funny. I think I think what's um, what's so brilliant is just like the, I mean. We're sneaking in flares. People haven't even stopped the bloke bringing the speaker in. So what? They got a chance of stopping <laughs> a flare? Like it's just so the, stupid. The, the only thing I'm disappointed about is why aren't the flares orange and yellow? No, no, yeah, that, no, no, that, no, away, yeah. that away kit. I mean, I, know, I think been... I feel like if I don't want to, I don't want to speak too soon. If we get to Wembley, I, can, I kind of would rather as wear a hat rather than genuine. I'd love to know. Uh, you know, I could probably ask an FSC kit project on Twitter. I wonder if that's the shirt we've won the most games in since the turn of the century in terms of away colours. Because we've, we've won quite a lot in it now. And, but, you know, that would be a good one, that one. Try and find that out. Before, before, obviously, Sheffield United score, I want to talk about the John Egan block. And, I mean, I thought for a, an experienced defender at this level, he was pretty... He was very hit and miss. I mean, the first goal, I think, he, he, he loses in Cadargal. And then he doesn't even care. He doesn't even know about bloody Colback coming in. And then I thought he was nowhere near, obviously, Basham making the mistake. Um, but what a block he made on on, on Brennan Johnson at 2-0, uh, Christian. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think, I'm pretty, I think Egan and Basham both had pretty poor games, respectively. But he did, Egan especially, redeem himself for that because that's kept him in the tie. Like, I mean, if you think about it, in the balance in the last 10 minutes, had we scored, I mean, we were still chucking men forward. Obviously, Spence hit the side netting. You know, we were, Spence was brilliant, by the way, worth mentioning. Like, he was very unlucky yeah, very not good. to get an assist for a goal yesterday. He was superb, like a constant form down that right-hand side. But, um, yeah, obviously, like, Johnson, again, like, does everything right. Like, and much like against Bournemouth, where um, it was Amora who blocked it at that time, it does everything right, gets it, beats the keeper, gets it on target, and there's someone there to block it. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's it's what it's it's quite pivotal in terms of what came next because obviously had Egan missed that or and it gone in, you think it probably ends three 0 I don't really, you know, try and shut up shop and see the game out or whatever else. But um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate for Johnson, and but hopefully he'll get another chance at least, or you think he'd like to get another chance at least at the City Ground to sort of uh, add to his tally. Yeah, since Steve Cooper's come in, Reese. We've been pretty good at defending set pieces, and I mean Jack Robinson. I didn't. I, I mean, I knew he had a big throw when he was with us, but that was bloody ridiculous. But I mean, it's poor to concede from a corner. It was soft, wasn't it? I said that to the guy next to me. I said, oh, "I've never seen Robinson really do this for us. This Roy Delap style throw." And yeah, they, they, yeah, they. That was the problems they caused. I did, like we said earlier, the crossing in. I don't think worried us around the box. Obviously, it's always a bit nervy when it's around your own box, but it didn't really worry us. It was just the throws and, and the set pieces because, you know, the first half when Storage headed it off the line, Sander come out and he was nowhere near it. 
you know, he was moaning at the referee, but he was nowhere near the ball. And he was lucky that time that Surridge was on the line to clear it. You know, and then in the, in the, in the second half, he, he's kind of done what he did at Derby a few years back and tried to be the hero and come out and catch the ball. And he's nowhere near it again. And they've turned it in. And this time, there isn't anyone on the line. If there was someone on the line, they probably would have cleared it. It literally bobbled in. But, you know, did they give it to Burge or was it Robinson who... Yeah, hit Burge it? in the end. Came yeah. Last, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was such a soft goal that was to concede. And, you know, and then you kind of think then from a Forest perspective, oh, bloody hell, don't go and concede again. You know, because they had a they had a long throw after that, I believe, didn't they? And we had it. I think was it Cook who had it at. Um, it's been like two minutes extra over injury time. Yeah, like, well, you're gonna. It's you know what it's like, you know. You know, it's a Premier League ref. It's a, it's a home crowd. They've just been in the Premier League as well. You know, you're gonna get a bit of leeway. Um, you know, did any of you think it was a foul on Samba for the goal? No, no chance. Personally? No, no, no. Samba's fault entirely. He yeah, just got caught so, underneath it and just like yeah. got nowhere. If he stays on his line, he just catches it. And yeah, like, if anything, he runs. Yeah. He runs into Forest players. That's the problem. There's no. Yeah. There's, there's one red, red and white shirt there. He actually but runs into his that, own players. That right. is the downside of Sam Brantman. We've said it on this pod this season. He can be erratic at times, and and you know the two times he come out to try and catch it. You know, he was erratic and got nowhere near the ball. You know, they're a big side as well, aren't they? Robinson's big and Burge is big and, you know, Basham and Egan. So, yeah, yeah, so, so it, that kind of took the shine off it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, once the final whistle went, I thought maybe there was going to be a bit of like, you know, you know, as if, you know, chin in his chest kind of thing. But, you know, the final reception was brilliant from the supporters, to be fair. Um, and then you got to go as disappointed that was you can see you got to go back to hindsight and if someone would have said you won 2-1 at Bramall Lane yesterday you'd have god um, you'd have snapped away, out, yeah, you'd, yeah. Snap, you'd be snapping hands off that result so and at the end of the day now it goes on to it's half time we're 2 one up we're at home you know, it's as Michael Jordan say, now is the money time because it's <laughs> it, this this is the biggest game in the club's history for a long time, Tuesday night. Massive, yeah. massive, massive game. And the you know, the I'm sure they will do. Um I'm sure Fours will do um a display of some kind. The fans have got to get behind them, stay with them, you know, and get us over a line to Wembley. Um and then um obviously we'll know who if we do get there, we'll face before and yeah, um, two cup finals away from what we've strived as a club for a long, long time. Yeah, before we get into Tuesday's game, I want to just uh, let Lee have his moment of glory while he's away. Uh, I'm going to read out his slept on it thoughts. If you don't follow uh, uh, Lee Clark, then it's at Clarky underscore number one. Uh, he's wrote, what a win. Cook outstanding. Zinc worked his arse off and Johnson is the match winner we've craved for years. Shame we conceded, but we would have snapped your hand off for that at the start. On to Tuesday. And that kind of leads us nicely into Tuesday, doesn't it, Christian? Um what 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 do you think it's more do you think it's the same sort of game plan? Do you think we'll keep the same team? Do you think Cooper maybe brings in Keenan Davis or, or what 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 are your um, thoughts? I think it'll be the same team. I mean, I think there is a there is an outside chance Davis will start, I think, just sort of like just in terms of if we are because you'd expect Sheffield United to be a bit more gung ho. So they might try and 
throw a bit more caution to the wind, obviously. So that would mean that if we are going to clear it long, we will need a better focal point than Surridge. With all respect to him, he's a brilliant player. We've always been top notch this season, but him and Davis have very different strengths. If you get the ball long, the Davis it sticks. Surridge it's hit and miss. So I can see that might be the only change possibly. But other than that, it's got to be the same game plan. I mean, the last two games, you include the, the away game at their place and the playoff, we have created enough chance to score 10 goals minimum. If you look at it from that perspective, we can't just abandon that on the basis that, oh, we've got a narrow lead going into what could be Wembley. So it's got to be exactly the same as it was before. And even if, if you look at it from a pessimistic um, side of things, there's 66% chance we won't lose before a ball's even kicked. So if you go from that perspective, yeah, we'll be fine. Um, yeah, I agree with Christian. I'd be vastly surprised if Davis starts, especially after 15 minutes of football. For him to then start in such a huge game, I'd be amazed, to be honest. Um, I think it will be unchanged, unless, obviously, there's any players who've got injuries. Um, I do think the game might slightly change because with us being at home, I think we'll probably expect to have some more of the ball than yesterday. Um, I think deep down Sheffield United will probably hope we have some more of the ball because when they had possession, like I said, and we was on the counter, they just could not live with us. And if it if it goes if it goes like that game yesterday, we'll win again at home. And I, I generally think we'll we'll score more than we did yesterday because time and time again we got in behind them and they were so open. Um, like I said, Osborne and Robinson got the Arsenal's on the plate to him, I thought, yesterday. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, you know, I think it probably be possession-wise a bit more equal. Um, maybe, bit, maybe a bit end-to-end. Um, first goal is going to be massive. Um, if we can get the first goal, I think you've got one foot in the final. If they get it, then um, touch and go. But, um, yeah, hopefully we're being at that home advantage can hopefully get us um, over the line. The thing that worries me is, um, obviously, if they do have Sharp back, for example, is that Gibbs-White will drop deeper where he should have been playing anyway. Because when Gibbs-White was (laughs) occupying that space behind the striker, he was most dangerous yesterday. And um, obviously, that gives him something to go off if if they have to rush Sharp back. But again, it's the classic. We just have to play our game, worry about ourselves and let them worry about us. They they missed Sharp massively. Sorry, Adam. They missed Sharp massively yesterday. we saw that at the City Ground game because they didn't really offer anything until Sharp come on and lo and behold, he set the goal up with Gibbs White, like Christian said, coming in from a 10 and finishing it. It's the same with their, their goal. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's not fit yesterday to even be on the bench, I'd be surprised he'd be fit for Tuesday, to be honest. Yeah, um, that's why I was going to say. I, I just kind of think like if he is half fit, he's on the bench. I think it's last, they're, they're in last roll of dice down the territory though. They need to, even if he's yeah, hobbling on one leg, he'll be on the bench. Mm. So. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not being funny, but you know what is he? Billy Sharp mid thirties now. I know he's a great player at this level, but if we're going to worry about a striker who's played most of his career, well, all of his career in the championship and lower down in his mid thirties with our back line, then you know we've got to um, look higher standards a bit more, yeah. in my opinion. Um, like, like, like I say, I know, I know what he brings to their team, as we've just said, but, you know, I'm not going to worry about them because if we, you know, Sharp, Sharp might be, I don't know, have half an hour in them at the end of the game 
we could put the tie to bed by that point exactly. where they have where yeah. they have then got like you just said Chris where they have then got a roll of dice. So we'll see come Tuesday. Um you know we'll have to see. I'm sure it, whether or not he is fit it'll be in their dressing room Tuesday night. I either way I'd rather be in this position than not. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect us to go at Sheffield United to be honest and try and put the game to bed because we created yeah, that many it. chances and it wasn't even just from counter attacks. I would say. I, I mean, like I said, the first goal we we opened them up and I just think we've got that much pace and that much quality. I just think we we're, we're equipped to to go at them and and really finish them yeah. off and, and put yeah, the game to bed. We, and we, if we can put the game to bed quite early, we can even rest some players. But we we, sh- we, sh- we showed yesterday that we've got nothing to fear. Absolutely because not. there was literally like I've never I've not generally not seen a team probably apart from Swansea who was more open than them. Yeah, who set so, those so open like the space. You know, if you watch it back, the space, the first half chances, there was so much space, and I'm like crazy. And then you know you've got their centre half running back against Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson runs past pretty much everyone in the league centre half wise. So you know they were like one on one numerous times against him. It was. Very strange. It was if like it was a, from their tactics was if it was second leg of the playoffs and they just like Christian said chucked everything to the fire really trying to score once they went one 0 down especially. Yeah, I mean I can understand why a lot of their fans. I mean I, I I've been invested into this game so much I've even been looking at stuff from like Sheffield United podcasts and and whatever else and they were like we've got to win the home game to have any chance and I think a lot of their fans will be like I know Paul Paul Engelbottom come out yesterday and was like. Well, that's really pivotal, and that's really gave us the confidence. They'll be quite worried now, sort of thing. I, I can't really that, see. It. I mean, my my mate, my mate, what's at me? And he was like, it should have been six 0 He says, so two one was literally the best result we could have got. He says we just turned yeah. the ball over so fast and get into like their third of the third of the pitch. They just, he's honestly put. He's literally had no answers to anything you did, and that is, that's that's just mind games from Eckingbottom. Nothing more than that. You know, he's he not happy with that result yesterday. No. You know, he's talking out his backside. That's just a bit of my game. He's trying to put the pressure on us, saying, you know, the crowd's going to get on his back. And, you know, we've just got to his fans proving wrong Tuesday night. And that goal could be pivotal. He, he was saying we'd come off the pitch gutted. It didn't look like that at all at the end of the game. So, nah, it's just a bit of mind games. That is, I think, you know, Cooper being the manager is, will just you know, strike a line through that with the lads and say, you know, don't listen to that tosser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Tuesday, Christian, as well, like, uh, do you do you change your prediction from the original pod for this for this fixture? Um, it's weird. So I think, what's it? So my heart was saying that we could win 2 or 3-0 at the City Grounds and we draw one all at home, uh, at Bramwell Lane, sorry. It's almost like that's flipped on its head because we easily could have won two or three nil yesterday and didn't. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it'd be the most forest thing in the world. It's like like even my mates, um, some of my mates are piping up my group chat yesterday. Going, oh, that's it, two nil. You know, I was like fucking Yeovil with two nil down in the first leg and came through. Like we're so scarred and damaged from years gone by that it's very difficult to sort of like. Know, try and get too carried away or excited really because I mean most teams like you think oh we're two one up like you know it's a classic case of jobs not finished but they'd be like oh shit shit and us is just like oh Christ like we're expecting the worst to happen already um I thought what it's worth I do think we'll get a job done like I, I do think I don't know it would be a draw or whether we'll win I think I'd like to think we can get maybe another two one but 
yeah I, it's just yeah he's I, i'm more worried about forest than about anything else like not they really Sheffield united are just 11 players opposing players i'm more worried it will implode or do something stupid or have like a catastrophic 10 minutes that we did at fulham at home for example we're like three goals in in just true forest fashion than i am actually about the opposition which is a weird place to be in and demons that potentially should have been banished long before cooper even walked through the door but it is what it is um yeah, I think Forest 2-1. I think it's like the PTSD of it all. And I think even Sheffield United fans feel this because they've had eight and and, yeah. and they failed at all of them. So I think that's... I, I expect that to be in a lot of our supporters' heads. Um, but I actually feel quite confident because Cooper's just... Denied, he's just, uh, like, completely, like... Can't even find my words. That's how much I'm, I'm quite confident. But like, he's just kind of beating that all out of me. You know, in a sense, he, we, we've just overcome so much uh, adversity uh, this season. Like, we, we're scoring last-minute goals all the time, and I mean, we, we, it's very rare we can see last-minute goals like we did yesterday. It was just one of them, and I think other than, other than those two incidents, Samba was we was fairly un, un, unscathed, really, which is a shame. But. I'm pretty confident. Reese, are you changing your prediction for Tuesday at all? Well, I did say we'd win on Penos, so now I'd have to change it to say we'd get beat in 90 minutes, um, which I'm not going to do. It's good. To be fair, I did say both games would be tight. I know on the basis of play, the game wasn't tight. I stayed able to score line, you know, one goal advantage. Um, if the game goes out, it did yesterday, I think we'll win again. I generally do. And I think it'll be with more goals this time. But like I said, I do think it'll be a bit more even in possession. I do think it'll be tight again. Um, and that first goal is huge. You know, if we can get, if we get that first goal, we do it. We do it. We get over the line. If they get it, going to be interesting. But um, I'm going to stick with my prediction and go for a 1-1, which will get us to Wembley, um, hopefully. And then I do it. I, you know, whoever gets there, I expect them to face in Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield do loot on Monday night. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. I think yeah. Luton's um, on a bigger pitch. Like, yeah, I mean, just, the, fact I just, that, the fact Huddersfield looked so comfortable for quite a long time, yeah. even with Luton having all the ball, it's like, I, you know, they made their pitch work to them. Like, I just think with Luton as well, they've had so many injuries and in that. You know, they've got, got a few a more tight now. squad. Yeah, they've got Landry's such out. a tight squad. Yeah, yeah this is t- such a tight squad. You know, um, yeah, I just, I just think others will lay too much of them, but I'm not worried about either of them. At the end, yeah. end of the day, like, like I've said, if you want to be successful in football, you know, I've seen, we've seen this in the last few years with England. You've got to be playing, you've got to beat good side at times. You know, you can't be beating Panama and you know Tunisia and Ukraine. Um, you've got to be beating the Germanas, the Italys, you know, etc. If you want to. You know, be winning stuff, and that's the same case with us. Um, you know, if we play to our capabilities in the next two games and we're at full fight, we beat any of them three. It's yeah. just on on a one off day, anyone can beat anyone in the championship, and you know, we've got to make sure, which I'm sure we'll be focused and ready for Tuesday. And you know, if we can do the job like we did to Sheffield United yesterday, we, we can win again, definitely. Yeah, my thoughts are that. I think we'll we'll look to play on the front foot and I think we'll still let Sheffield United have the ball because it's just going to be the case that they're going to try and lob the ball forward because they need the mm. goal. 
but I think the space will still be there, and I think we've got enough quality going forward. And I think we'll, I think we'll do them four one. To be honest, I actually generally do. I, I, I just think I just I, it's not me being like too big headed. I just think on the basis of two games I've seen at, at Bramall Lane and that the status of like the states of squads, I just think we've got too much for them on this occasion. I just think it's it's going to be a very difficult game for them, and and I, I think I think we're just we've just been very good at home. I don't want to jinx it or anything, but. I just I, that's just how I feel. I think Cooper's just got it got it right with us. So on that note of uh, of jinxing Forest now, uh, I will end the podcast. We'll see you Sunday for a recap. Hopefully, we'll be talking about where we're going towards Wembley. Take care. Come on, you Reds. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.